Music is the shorthand of emotion. Leo Tolstoy. Welcome, everyone, to Palatine Parkcast. I'll be your host, J.P. McNamara. Thanks for tuning in. On this episode, our main story is about music and the developmental nature that it allows for. What attracts kids to music? Why it is so important? And where to find an outlet to release natural musical talent? Let's get started. This month, we will jump right into our conversation with Ishvan of Ishvan and his imaginary band to talk about music and why it is so important to the development of any child, why we think some people are naturally inclined to play or sing, and how it can help you throughout your life. So get out your sheet music, and let's get in tune with why development through music is so important. Do you know the value of a penny or a dime? A penny is worth one, the other doesn't have a rhyme. But I can tell you that a little dime is worth ten, which when you think about it is a bunch of pennies in the end. All right, I'm here with Ishvan of Ishvan and his imaginary band, a Chicago-based musician. Ishvan, thank you very much for coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you the opportunity, before we even get started with anything, to introduce yourself, give us a little bit of background, and yeah, we'll go from there. Okay, you guys, I just first and foremost want to apologize for this deep, deep voice of mine. Although maybe these are the pipes you need for radio. Uh, I'm sick and I'm trying to get over this as quick as can be, but this is not my natural speaking voice, so just so you know. <laughs> well, um, yeah, even before we get started, we, uh, we wish you well. We hope you feel better, man. Oh, thank you. I need it. Everyone, fingers crossed. Uh, I've been a lifelong musician. Music is something that's in um, my family background. Um, although that side of my family still lives in Europe and I don't have any like direct contact with them. But from what I know, all those guys are musical. They play music for a living. So I think I inherited that at birth. But um, I played music. I was kind of part of the Chicago like alternative music scene, you know, indie scene kind of started in the latter part of the 90s, mid whatever. And um, then I became a dad. And as a result of that, like at first I thought, I was done with music, you know, in the pretty traditional way of like, oh, I have to get like, you know, like a, a jobby job. And uh, what happened was I, I honestly was so overwhelmed, like in a positive way. Like I loved being a dad so much that I just I spend tons of time with my daughter, loved spending time with her. And just accidentally, I started writing all this music for her, you know, just as we would play around and in the house and things like that. And uh all these things just kind of fell into place. A friend of mine had started a studio. He wanted to break in his studio. And um, I, I'm like, I have these kid songs. Maybe we could do those. And that turned into like the most fun recording experience I've ever had. And that's my first EP, Things I Like. So instead of like 
stopping playing music, it actually pushed me further into music and something I love doing way beyond anything I could have imagined. But it was it was never on my radar. It was never anything that I had I had like planned or thought about at all. And uh, at first, I actually resisted it because I thought I wasn't appropriate for the uh, for the job. And then sure. I did my first show and it was so fun. And I had like a literal revelation uh, when I was on that little stage, like this is what music is supposed to be. Music is supposed to be a gift to people because I made this for my daughter, the person you know I cared the most about. Um, as a result, I was offering all of this to the audience and it came back to me like tenfold and it was just like overwhelming. So I have pictures from that day where I was clueless and it's like I really didn't know what I was doing, but you could see how happy I was. Like I have this huge smile on my face. So um, it was my daughter that kind of changed my life in a bunch of really profound ways. Well, that's, that's why I'm still doing it to this day. That's beautiful. That's adorable. I love every aspect <laughs> of that story. No, you said a lot there. That really is part of the reason that we wanted to have you on the Palatine Parkcast. Uh, so much there. You started out, kind of inherited this gift. It's in your blood to be a musician is what it sounds like, which is another philosophical discussion that we can have down the line a little bit later about <laughs> where this natural ability comes from, but it seems like it was something that you were born with and that you gravitated towards right away, you know, and then you start down this path, alternative indie music, and then you have this epiphany because of the birth of your, your first child, your daughter, and it sends you down this whole new path. But music, obviously, being at the core, the center of it all, Obviously, it feels like it's played an extreme positive role in your life. Do you want to just talk about that aspect of it a little bit? Oh, yeah. For me, music um, music is just something that's fun and, you know, joyful for me to just experience like anybody else. But music also, for me, was, was like an escape, you know, an escape when you're not feeling like you fit in in school or, you know, any of the things that many people can experience – Music was a way to feel powerful and to feel uh, happy and to feel protected, really. You know, music music serves a lot of different really, really important purposes, especially at, you know, vulnerable ages in your life. And it definitely did that for me. You know, when it, when, when I first really made a connection to music, um, I remember I, I, mean, I remember it vividly. And when I knew I wanted to play, a friend in grade school was real, you know, like confident and cocky about what he liked and you know, I really didn't have those opinions at that point. And um, I just kind of like, I think I was feeding off of that. And then I started to listen to what he liked. And I did genuinely like it. His cousins had a band and I went to go see it uh, on a 4th of July party at his family's house. And I thought they were playing music really, really loud. And I'm like, wow, his parents are really cool for letting them play music so loud during like a family gathering. And then as I got closer to the house, um, I realized it was the band playing. And it was just overwhelming like i had never heard honestly to that point live music and it completely uh uh triggered something that like flipped a switch inside of me and um i watched his cousin play the drums and i knew that uh i could do it i, I watched him and i knew i could do it immediately and i could i wasn't great but i definitely knew how to play just by watching and again part of like inheriting something some people do just have that natural musical gene and um depending on how you look at it, that's either lucky or unlucky because <laughs> a musical life can be a tough life. But it's like, I think that it's a, it's a gift for sure. Yeah. 
one of those things that that I want to discuss with you is people's natural attraction towards music. Why do you think that interest in music and hearing a rhythm or a beat is so natural to the human experience? And what causes children to be, you know, immediately enamored with music? To the point of me saying, like, I kind of inherited it, I think there's something in people that that is just um, hardwired to us. And maybe when you're smaller, if you're asking, like, for when people are little, um, you know, you're still struggling to learn how to speak, to, to, to communicate. And music is a language. And it's something that I think you understand immediately without any instruction whatsoever. You can kind of react to it. You have feelings about it. It makes you feel things. So that's something that's very primordial. You know, it's, it's, it's very deep. And I think, I don't know that everyone has that, but I mean, I think most people do to some greater or lesser degree. As an example, my wife loves music, but she does not, she admittedly does not have any musical like ability. She can't, she can't uh, carry a tune or, you know, anything like that. And I'm always, I'm always confused by that, you know, um, but she does love music intensely, maybe more so than me. And, um, hmm. So it's something that's that I think is really truly hardwired to you, and um, that speaks to you as soon as you experience it. You know, so it's a very powerful thing. It is. I remember having memories growing up uh, very early on tied directly to music, being in the car with my parents on on long road trips and hearing songs that I still listen to today because they still bring me that exact yeah. joy in that exact moment that I was and in. And that's it. It triggers emotion. You know, something like something, I remember like it's, it's a pretty obvious example, but like Beach Boys and the harmonies that they would sing and it would make you feel something that you had never felt before. It was like entering this private little world or something and and that's i don't know that anything else does that you know because it's you just hearing it and processing it in that way and um like you're saying you you remember feeling joy and that will stay with you you know so it's it's very powerful and it's very profound you know it, it, i i'm so grateful for music i don't know what life would be like without music honestly if you really thought about it and i think with all of us living through the pandemic where people couldn't go to concerts and stuff you realize what uh, what a how much you look forward to experiencing that, you know, and then you have the communal aspect if you're, if you're going to a concert or even if it's just you and a group of friends or you by yourself, you know, it's 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 very personal and it's very um, palpable and powerful. Yeah, you know? I agree completely. And there's something extra or or different about live music as well, feeling the sure. actual vibrations from, uh, from oh, yeah. an amp or from the guitar itself. Uh, there's something that is in the air, lit both literally and metaphorically uh, Absolutely. speaking. That's when I saw that band, when I saw my friend's cousin's band. It was incredible to me. I was just frozen, like frozen, just watched, and I kept saying in my head, keep playing, keep playing. They were playing certain songs that I knew and liked at that point, and it was just like, it was thrilling, literally thrilling. So I, I totally agree. Why would you suggest parents expose their children to music at an early age beyond what we were just saying as far as uh, that natural, innate uh, sense of, of wonder and kind of attachment to emotion? But why beyond that, do you think? Well, I think music is a, a learning tool. You know, it's definitely something you can you can uh, teach by using. I try to do that you know, subtly in my music, because my music's supposed to be fun first and foremost. That's what I'm trying to make, something that you can enjoy listening to. But I will have 
instructional things throughout my albums and stuff. And I think that, you know, when you're trying to teach anybody something, if it if it's a drag, you don't want to do it. You know, you resist it. And music makes things fun. So it's like if you're if you're exposing your child to music, it's something you guys can share together. You kind of it's how I started my whole thing. My first song was called What's Mama Doing? And it was just me observing my daughter, observing my wife. And it was like I was writing a song before she could speak what I thought she was thinking in her head, you know. So it's like you music can create a world and then you guys can can build upon that world or create your own world, too. So I just think it's a great way that you can advance almost anything that you're doing together, especially, you know, when you're trying to teach your child things, language, uh, even just, you know, cleaning up, things like that. I have a song called Team Member. Uh, when I first started, I didn't think I was, uh, I was real proud of my music, but I knew that I was doing a couple things that were that were kind of remedial and I was happy to be doing that. But I think it's just so helpful in that way and still making things fun because when you're raising a child, it can be a challenge, it can be tough and it's hard work. And, um, you can make that work a lot less difficult. Yeah. Um, you mentioned kind of a uh, formula of a song, especially a children's song. I remember listening to Rafi and other children's mm-hmm. entertainers when I was growing up, and they seemed to have a similar formula of, you know, melodic, repetitive, lack of a better word, kind of, I like remedial structures. Why, why mm-hmm. is that and what, what's going on there? Well, you know, that that is just simply because kids are still, you know, they haven't grasped, uh, you know, sometimes language. It depends on I play for ages all over the place, you know, so that's the crazy thing for me. I, I, I've just I've learned from uh, my experiences and just it's like I was kind of thrown into the deep end and had to figure it all out to the best of my ability. And I still don't hit hit my mark 100 percent because I'm dealing with so many age ranges. But um Repetition, obviously, is very helpful for anybody in learning something. I use it all the time. You know, most of my courses are pretty repetitive. And I like that because it's fun, too. I try to make them as fun as I possibly can. My goal in music was to make something that parents could enjoy as well. You know, I I had a pretty... uh, basic understanding of what kids' music was when I started this. Again, I didn't take it very... uh, It wasn't part of my world. And so... My goal with that stuff is just I'm always trying not to repeat myself. I'm always trying to still be what I always was trying to be, which is an original artist and somebody who's making something that's the highest level I possibly can. But I am trying to think in terms of how I can communicate to a child first and foremost. And I think kids are really smart. I I don't look down at kids. That's why I love this so much because I love talking to kids. When I was at Palatine and I played... Uh, you took a photo of that girl who was came up on stage and was playing that instrument and she was so smart and so she made me laugh because she's like may i interrupt (laughs) and she's like you're gonna have a good audience today and i'm like well that's great news that's awesome and so i don't i don't ever think that kids uh don't understand things but i try to make something that you can you can grasp onto you're giving them something they can grab and something that they can hang on to right away and then you can maybe uh, um, introduce some other ideas that maybe I always try to put something that might be a little bit beyond their grasp, which I think most parents are trying to do because you're trying to teach them and help them um, grow. 
yeah, I think that's a really strong philosophy for building songs and and yes, getting them there with some of the songs and the development and the repetitiveness, but then yeah, like you said, kind of building out the structure a little bit more so they can continue to reach and grow. Uh, oh, absolutely, and yeah. so it, so you can listen to it more than once too. I I don't want my my thing was like the repetitiveness is something that I absolutely do use and I try not to make things overly complex. That's why my records are built like fairly up-tempo type tunes. And then I'll always on my three first records, I have four records total where I'd have one longer song, more elaborate song because the way I came to this is I have to go out and play these live. So I'd love to do a concert where I played all really like drawn out, beautiful songs but I will lose people if I do that. I have to come out and kind of hit hard and make sure that I keep everybody's attention. So I'm not in control exactly of what I even do. I have to be an entertainer as well as a musician, you know. And quite honestly, it's my one regret because when I first started, I was I was literally killing myself to bring a full band everywhere because I want so badly to share live music with kids. I want them to see and hear what that's all about. But it becomes too difficult to schedule all that and do those things. So I'm trying to find spaces where I can maybe have larger concerts every once in a while where I have the full band there. But I am trying to make music that I think anybody can listen to. If like a parent drops somebody off, you you drop your child off at at school or daycare, um, that if you were riding home, you'd still want to listen to the record yourself. You know what I mean? Because the songs are are good, you know, and, and they have a lot going on to them while at the same time still maintaining that sort of repetition you're talking about. Yeah, and I think one thing that I really admired when I saw you here at Palatine was that the songs were engaging to a point, but then there was a whole other aspect <laughs> as well of... Uh, interaction and getting the kids involved and making sure they continued to stay engaged. You mentioned the little girl that you brought on stage to play an instrument. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. any instrument. It was a theremin, which is a very scientific based, uh, strange synthetic instrument. If you want to talk about that and how, and how you try and keep those kids engaged throughout the concert. That is a good example. It's just like, it's funny because back when I was in my alternative bands, I used to do all these things that I had no idea, but I was training myself for what I do now because my first band, the thing that we were best known for was having a puppet show in the middle of a song. And um, I would do all kinds of things on stage because I just thought shows could be boring and I wanted, I never wanted to be boring, you know, but um, yeah, that's an instrument that like, I can't turn this off, dude. It's like, it's, I'm always thinking about these things. I'm always thinking about music. I'm always thinking about things that, um, whether it's songs or lyrics or whatever it is, it's just, that is just how my brain works. And it's been like that forever. So the one thing I was just mentioning a regret of not having my full band. And that is true. But the thing that I found out is that there actually were a lot of benefits to me um, evolving this into me being a solo performer because A, I live up to my name, Ishvan and his imaginary band. It (laughs) makes sense. And then when I would bring a full band, it could be really overwhelming for kids. It can be scary because it's all these adults playing full on. And I had to fight so often to like, guys, bring your volume down, bring your volume down. And it would just be like, everybody just goes back to what they know. And it ends up being just as loud as anything else. And you don't, as soon as you have to tell people to do that, it's a drag. And as soon as you have to do that, it's no fun for anybody. And they feel like they're being stifled and you don't want to do that. So with me doing this, I can dictate the volume of my show. 
and kids can connect with me one-on-one, which is so much easier and so much better. And the group is my group. And that was the hard thing because you feel like you're an egomaniac if you're just talking about yourself and things. And I've always had a hard time with that. But I I did always want to do my thing. So it kind of freed me in that respect. And then I could concentrate on the interactive stuff, which I was trying to convince my band to be more embrace. And it's hard to get musicians to do that when they're not, again, they were, none of them were children's musicians, you know, none of them, that's not their trajectory as, as musicians. I was kind of putting them into this new place that they weren't accustomed to. My guitar player is the sweetest guy in the world, but he has a potty mouth (laughs) and I'd have to like stop him all the time. You know, I'm like, dude, we're playing for kids. Could you please reel it in, reel it in? So now when I do that, my my thoughts really focus on that. And I almost play like hybrid things, even though I am uh, trying to work on making sure that I have like straight musical moments and uh, find spaces for that. But I will play almost abridged versions of my song so that I can make space for kids to be doing something and participating in the show. Because I really, that's the goal now, is I really want to make everyone a part of the show for real. But I always say, and this is really, really true, because I'm thrown into a category with a lot of like novelty performers. Sure. And a lot of those performers, I watch them and they're very cringy to me <laughs> because they're, they're, um, the way that they act and deal with people is almost to put people on the defensive and to make the audience the butt of the joke. And I never, ever want to do that. I mean, like I'm adamant about not doing that. I respect my audience. I want them to respect me because a thread through my thing too is to is to make sure the kids know that I want them to be kind, I want them to be polite. And I think I'm pretty masterful at letting a child know when maybe they're not behaving great. But I don't really have those experiences because I kind of put that energy out and I think it does reflect back on you. And I have great experiences most of the time. And if you do that and you treat them with respect and you treat them as as intelligent people, I think that they really respond to that and they give that back to you. So it's important to do those things, those interactive things. And I try, uh, believe me, to find the coolest. Uh, That's how I like to, uh, somebody wrote a a review of me, like his cool, cleverly crafted kids music. They used alliteration in such a great way. And I thought, what a a wonderful way to describe what I do, because I try to be as clever and interesting and original as possible, you know, while making it still fun and immediate, you know, and I work really, really hard at that. Yeah, you mentioned putting out a specific vibe so that the the kids pick up on it. Is that kind of, is that subliminal in any way? Or is that what the messaging of your music is? Or are you just trying to get them to connect with the, the happiness, the actual vibe of the music itself? It is, it is something that's maybe not I try not to hit anybody over the head with anything, you know, I'm trying to have people make up their mind and figure things out for themselves because everybody is different. And it is an underlying thing. Like I said, it is a thread through what I do. You know, my show is supposed to be fun first and foremost. That's what it has to be. I mean, I am usually booked or hired or whatever as an entertainer. So I have to come in and, and be fun, you know, but, um, that's the thing I'm really working on now. I want people to hear my songs. I want people to listen to my music. You know, I'm not a great salesman for myself a lot of the times, but when I'm trying to get people in a world of streaming to like maybe buy some physical stuff from me, it's not so much that I'm going to be, you know, making tons of money. It's just that I'm happy that I know that someone's going home with my songs and that's one step closer for them to, to listen to those things and maybe hopefully fall in love with, with a song or with an album I have a a cute story from one of my favorite places, too, to play 
is Garfield Park Conservatory. It's part of a, a, a series called the Juice Box series in the city. And it's pretty cool because you play the cultural center. That's a bit more of a challenge logistically, but it's a, it's a cool environment. The Garfield Park Conservatory is like magic when you're in there. It's beautiful. And I have a family that, that kind of would come to several shows. You know, I've had families follow me here and there, which is such a, a, a compliment. Cohen is the boy's name. And he, he's so cute. And he, he would like, we all have a favorite song. And I'm like, really? And then each one of the family, the mom, the dad, his sister, they have another little baby now, and him, each had a different song that they liked the best. And he told me each one of those songs. So that just more than makes my day. It like makes my whole month to know that the whole family <laughs> is enjoying a record. And um, each one of them had a song that they liked the most, you know, so that's really cool. So I'm hoping underneath that when I meet the people that really like me, they're the coolest, smartest, nicest people. It's it's such a, a, a nice thing. And I think that that message or my intention is, you know, sort of like baked into every single thing that I do. But I'm never trying to be too heavy handed with any of that stuff, you know, trying to just be fun first and foremost. So it's something you guys can all enjoy. Yeah. And I think that's something that you lend credit to the children themselves you know they they don't need to be beat over the head with a message to truly understand it they can pick things up through vibe through feeling through sure. presentation you know and and kind of get that same message that that everyone wants which i think is something that's truly beautiful about music in and of itself is is that not just the lyrics but everything is is contributing to the message that you want to to put out there do you think music can help children in other areas of their lives and, and their development in those early ages? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I kind of mentioned before for me when I was, um, and not little, little, when I was like, you know, preteen to teenager. Yeah. Music gives you, like I said, it gave me a lot of courage and strength, or you know, and it gave me a lot of comfort as well. So as far as like, I actually just wrote a song um, on my podcast. I wrote a song accidentally. Because there was a, a character visited the show, Gramps, and he was trying to school me on how I needed to write more songs with morals in them. And if you go back in time, all those old stories are so horrible. <laughs> They're like scary. Like it's all terrible things that you would never, in my opinion, would want a kid really to know about. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to scare kids into doing something. So I'm like, here, you, you've made me think of something. This is a challenge. Let me write like a fairy tale song. And so right then and there, I wrote like this song in a couple of minutes. It's one of my favorites. I just recorded it with a friend of mine, a great musician, Kara, um, called Diamonds for Your Crown. There was a girl, there was a girl who loved to twirl, who loved to twirl. She would spin like a top, she would never ever stop She would skip her chores and scuff the floors And spun past everything right out the door And it's about trying things. So my daughter now is in theater. And I'm so proud of her for having the bravery to go out and try those things. Because I, I would have been too scared to do it when I was her age. I was super, super shy. And the fact that she goes out there, deals with her own abilities or shortcomings... And just makes the effort is hugely important. Now, everybody wants to get like the lead role or whatever, but only one person gets that role. So does it make everybody else's role insignificant? No, not at all. 
You can't do the thing unless there's all these other players. You can't do the thing unless you have the crew. She did crew this year, too, and I was so proud that she participated in that. So the song really is about this girl who is a ballet dancer, and she's saying that she can spin faster than anyone else. So she, the town says, okay, go for it, you know, ready, set, go. And she spins and spins, but she spins herself so fast she spins into the ground. So she, she, the, the whole moral, because all the old-timey things have morals, <laughs> is that she didn't win. But when they pulled her out of the ground, she had diamonds on her toes. So the thing is, say you try out for that theater performance and you don't get any roles, you would be hurt. You would be maybe devastated. But maybe because you had all the kids, there was so much competition because they had all the schools were trying out for this one production. So you had all the best of all the best from all the schools. And during that long, arduous like uh, 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 period of time where you're all trying out, you sat next to another kid from a different school that you never met before, and you guys were laughing all the way through. And you were having fun all the way through. And then all of a sudden, you started to go to each other's houses after school, and then you started to become best friends. And then you be, you're friends all the way until your adult life. You're, you're in each other's weddings. And it's like, maybe no one remembers that theater production, but you made a friend for the rest of your life because you tried that thing. So I always feel music can kind of lead you to other things and enhance other things that you're doing in that way and um, maybe encourage you to go out and do some things that maybe you'd be a little too afraid or don't have the confidence to do. So I think music has like this lasting impact. Um, gosh, I am so sorry for my voice. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm like a weird raspy pirate or something <laughs> like that. Maybe but that's... that's why I think music just it, it, it's something that uh, – you know, is is uh, definitely helpful for all different kinds of things, you know, learning, um, attempting things, uh, all kinds of stuff for sure. Maybe we should create that character for you, that weird raspy pirate. I think <laughs> I think that has legs, maybe one leg and one peg leg. Sorry. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is you touched on a lot there. And uh, one of the things I enjoy about talking to you and your company is that you're such a natural storyteller even just you know something as as simple as as the question i ask and and you had this great story and kind of great moral philosophy around it you hit on a lot of things that are important i think courage i think bravery working together as a team i think yes. Working and and gaining friendships is is really a big part of music as well, and and part of that childhood development that I think the same you can get with sports. But if if you see your children have an inclination towards a beat, towards a rhythm, towards music, it's just as easy as a path to go down to to learn all of these very important skills. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think music. That's like I said, music can help you with that. Music can help you with coordination if you are actually trying to play. Um, you know, I don't know the specifics on the whole, like you, I think a lot of people have heard the things about how children who get involved in music, it helps them with their math skills. I mean, obviously music is twos and fours and fives and eights and things like that. So I guess that's what it would allow you to understand or help you grasp some of those things. But, um, again, I don't know the specifics of that stuff, but I know that, um, uh, as far as development, I mean, it just, I think it speeds up development like crazy. And I was just happy that my daughter, you know, had that ability because she does. You know, I wasn't sure if she was going to have any kind of musical ability, but she did. And I was happy. Yeah. How was seeing that? And how did you how did you notice that? And what what should other parents look for in their children to to notice those kinds of signs? 
I have a fun one actually on my podcast. Um, yeah. In the first season, I'm on season two right now. I think it's like the 11th episode. It's called Dinner Drum Game. When Evie was littler, I used to, uh, when we were sitting at the dinner table together, I just kind of look at her like almost like a, a gunslinger, right? I'm like, all right, here we go. And then I would just tap the table, right? One simple tap. And then without saying anything, she knew she was like, oh, okay, we're, we're having a drum off. And then she <laughs> would tap the table to copy what I would do, like a call and response. Yeah. I actually have a video too on YouTube when she was a little bit older that's really cool. Um, and then I would just make it a little more complicated each time. So it'd be like, boom, boom, boom. And then she'd copy. Then it'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And then I would just see if she could keep up with what I was offering to her. I, I started on the drums. Drums were my first instrument. And then she could do pretty much every single thing. And the last one I would make ridiculous where you could <laughs> never copy it. You know, like it'd be something that the best drummer in the world couldn't, you know, copy the same thing that you did. But that was one way to do it um, to see if she had any sort of rhythmic ability. And that was a really fun way to go about that. Because um, even if you if if you don't, it can still be a fun thing to do. But it is a good way to gauge if your child might have that sort of natural sense of rhythm. Um, and then as far as singing is concerned, we would just be singing songs together all the time. And you can make up your silliest. That's what we did. Mundane stuff. I have a song now that I may record called Floppity Socks simply because I had my socks on, whatever. I write ridiculous songs all day long. <laughs> and then we, we would just sing them back and forth to one another. I have a song called Pajama Party that actually some people are using on TikTok as like uh, their their soundtrack music. I have a couple songs that I, I, I just started getting into TikTok because it's like, that's not for me. But I found that some of my songs, especially my song Possum, which is so cool, is the one that's being used the most for a bunch of videos. But the song Pajama Party, my daughter like yelled at me, like, write a song called Pajama Party. <laughs> and I have a video of her and I. She's dressed in like a snow white dress or something like that. And she's just screaming on the piano. And I was singing. She made me sing in a Tiny Tim voice really high. And she got upset when I wouldn't sing in the Tiny Tim voice. <laughs> and she was explaining to me because she wanted the song to go long. And she wanted me to sing in that voice. So her just kind of bossing me around from that age is some of the best memories I have. And um, uh, that's how I found out. We were just hanging out together, playing together, spending time together. When you're in the car together, you know, that's why I hope people listen to my music in the car. And I always make suggestions for other music that I really like. And you guys can kind of sing and, you know, let your child take the lead. And then you can kind of see what they can do. Um, and that's a good way to gauge if they have any kind of, you know, uh, inclination towards like actually performing. You notice your son or daughter has this innate musical ability they're they're copying you uh as far as rhythms go what do you what do you do as a parent what what's the next step what do, what do you do to to engage them or advance this uh natural ability oh man there's so many cool things now like actually next week i was supposed to go this week but i'm not feeling well i may actually so many people have have at palatine there was a woman after the show as i was breaking my stuff down i've been asked so many times do you teach you should teach, you know, people encouraging me. And I don't have a background in teaching. So I, you know, I don't want to ever be like a charlatan or something like that. I take that stuff really seriously. I volunteered in my daughter's school. They had a cool program called Watchdogs. I have the utmost respect for teachers. I mean, what they deal with every single day, people don't even have a clue half the time. But I would go in constantly because I loved it. She'd always make me go in on gym days. So I'd have to be part of gym class all the time. But I loved it. All her teachers were so cool and so welcoming to me. It was awesome. So I 
started a, a teaching gig for a first one ever in Oak Park, you know, near where I live. And it got messed up because of COVID. I did one class and the whole thing was gone. It was such a disappointment. I mean, you know, uh, everyone knows the stories of how the, the pandemic has, has made musical life, you know, that's already difficult, almost impossible. So after this, working on that song I mentioned, I was talking to my friend Karen. She was reminding me of the Old Town School and their programs. And so I'm going in there to observe one of the classes, a friend of mine who's been doing that for years. And I think I might actually start giving my own classes at the Old Town School this fall. So I'm, you know, crossing my fingers. I, I'm not worried about it. I think I can obviously do it. It's just mm -hmm. I'm eager to learn how they their approach, you know, I, I'm always open to learning things myself, you know, and there are so many cool opportunities for parents now to do stuff with their kids, to go to these things like those, those classes at the old town school. Um, and then, you know, there are any number of things that you can learn on your own because people have access to all kinds of like, you know, YouTube video people, things like that. I actually have a virtual, um, concert slash uh, uh, instructional kind of a thing myself that some of the libraries will play. So there's lots of chances for you and your child to experience music together, kind of make music together. And that's a wonderful thing of this time. I mean, uh, there's more now than ever. You know, I think there's more chances for you to do stuff like that than ever before. It's really cool. Music inspirations, uh, either classical or contemporary. Music that I love is like, well, one thing I always try to get parents, it's, it's, um, I have like a intermittent sort of like web, uh, YouTube sort of like series, right? It's like my own little TV program that I, that I made at the height of like the pandemic. I haven't made one in a little while, but one of the episodes is about collecting vinyl. And that's a fun thing that I think people can do. Vinyl's a thing that's come back. And I think if you, if you guys were to do that and start going out and hunting for vinyl together, new stuff comes out all the time. Record store day is a big thing. I think getting into tangible stuff is really fun. It's just really fun. When I was a kid and I would be in my room, I, I, I would go, we had our little record player in our closet and we'd like hide away in there and just play records on there. And there's something so special about that. And also like, you're not supposed to do it, but if you slow down a record or speed up a record, it's kind of fun, you know, for a kid to, to check that out. Um, but if you as a family, you know, went to records, found things together, that's really a fun thing that you can do together. So that was the focus of my episode. And then I talk about the first record I ever owned, which is from the, the 1960s group, The Monkees. Yep. The Monkees are my favorite thing in the world when I was a kid. They were on in syndication. I love their TV show. I still love their TV show. I played it for my daughter when she was little just as an experiment to see, like, would a kid now like this? And I have a video on that episode where you see her when she's really little and she's watching one of the episodes and she's howling with laughter. She's laughing so hard <laughs> and she loves it. And you can see how much she loves it. It's very genuine. Those songs in that group were like handpicked by the best songwriters of that time. And they were, you know, performed by the best musicians in the studio and the voices of all those guys who were so unique. I think if you play that for like your really little kids now, I would be stunned if they didn't like it. I would really be amazed if they didn't enjoy that music. It's so wonderfully written and so happy and so weird sometimes. It's the best. So that was one of the things that really did have this long lasting indelible influence on me was the music of the monkeys, believe it or not. That's awesome. And, um, the other musician that I that I relate to the most and love the most is Frank Zappa because when I discovered him, 
I saw someone who I related to so deeply on a person that you can tell lives for music. He's he's consumed by music. He never stopped working, you know, almost probably to the fault of his family. I'm not that bad. I love spending time (laughs) with my family, but he just he couldn't help it. And music was his joy. Music was his play music. He created his world. It's what I try to do with my music. It's what I try to do with my podcast. I try to create a world that I think people would love to escape to and have fun, but that also is inviting them in in a real way. I'm still trying to work on that harder and harder all the time. Oh, actually, like the last show, dude, the first show of the season, and that was what I'm trying to do. And if you listen to the most current episode of my podcast, the kids from Lombard, that's where I perform, they're on the podcast because I asked them if they wanted to be on it. They said yes. So you actually hear one girl. Her name was Ellie. She actually is singing with me, and it's one of my favorite parts of the show. I won't give it all away. You have to listen to check it out, but you get to hear her singing, and it's wonderful. And then you get just get to hear all of the kids participating on one of the songs in a big gang vocal that they do. And so that's what I'm trying to do is, like, you guys are going to be on this show because I want to showcase their personalities, their voices, all of that stuff. But I try to do it in the coolest way possible. You know, I want to make it to where like if they heard it, it's like, yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. You know, that's awesome. That's really cool. My whole last record I'm so proud of is a full soundtrack record. It's um something that I was wishing. I just don't have the, the means to do it. I wanted to make like a little um, animated movie. Um, called Evie the Queen of the Insects. My daughter's name is Evie. When she was little, she loved, she really did love bugs in like this intense way that it was, I just would watch her kind of yell at kids in the neighborhood to not hurt bugs. And she made a proclamation one day on our porch of like, bugs, don't worry, I'll protect you. And on that day, like, honestly, when she made that proclamation, this is why I wrote it, all these butterflies just kind of appeared out of nowhere and were like flying around her. And it was like, like I seriously was like, oh, this is, this is not normal this is weird <laughs> and then one stayed with her for the whole rest of the day landing on her is like they were playing with each other i have that on video too you can hear me nervously laughing because i'm like this is completely bizarre oh evie the queen of the insects she loved every bug that she saw oh evie the queen of the insects she just couldn't wait for the weather to thaw them all in the morning and all of them came as she called the butterflies and roly-polies called all of the others to meet on the lawn and so that record i'm really proud of it because i was mentioning feeling compelled to write up-tempo songs this record combined two ideas that i've had for quite a while harry nilsson's another person who i love he's like famous well maybe not famous to a lot of people 70s songwriter that People would have heard music that he wrote. Other uh, artists covered his material. He had something that would be played on TV. When I was little, they would sometimes play Yellow Submarine from the Beatles at nighttime and then The Point from Harry Nilsson. So my record is really inspired directly from The Point because I took the template of how he made that record and I I just copied that template, meaning variation on, on a theme of the music, narration, or there's actual performances of kids doing the voices of these various different characters. And they did amazing jobs on this. I do some of the voices too, obviously then a song, then narration, then a song, you know, and on and on. And it allowed me to write anything I wanted because, you know, maybe your average person doesn't listen to classical music, but if you throw classical music into a big blockbuster movie, they get it, you know, they'll get atonality, they'll get um, anything, you know, they'll get different rhythms. They can, 
accept it because it's harnessed to a visual. So for my um, record, I knew if I had character and story and all of that stuff and narration, then I could really um, spread my wings a little bit and write different music. So I have like my first ever hip hop song with my daughter rapping on it. And she did, a, she just, she slayed on this song. She did such a good job. It's crazy. And it's for the quote unquote villains, which turns out, don't judge a book by its cover, the <laughs> bats in the story. So it's the young bat wants to sing a song and the young bat wants to do that. So it's called Bats Are the Best. And she does such a good job on it. I think the lyrics are really, really cool. So there's all different varieties of music, all different styles of music. I got to use different sounds and things like that. And it's one complete story that I think is, it turned out great. You know, you always wish things could sound better. You always, you know, I try not to get too hung up on that. I try to let things go more than I used to and not be such a perfectionist. But for how ambitious of a project this is, I think it turned out so cool. And my fingers are crossed that maybe we could even like um, adapt this to the stage and have kids play these different characters and things like that. That's maybe my most um, lofty goal uh, currently. You know, I'm talking with a few people about that stuff because I see all this children's theater stuff that is just mind-blowingly great. People are doing such cool work, and I'd love to find somebody who enjoyed what I wrote um, who has that ability uh, to to pull that off. So that's awesome. that record's the thing that I'm, that I'm um, maybe most proud of because there's just so much going on on that. And it, 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 uh, it turned out really cool. That's cool. Being at your fourth record and what sounds like a very story driven concept album. Um, yeah. How have you seen yourself grow from the start of your career and putting out your first album to, to now? Like what changes have you seen along the way? Oh, wow. That's an awesome question, dude. So much. When I started, no joke, I did not know what I was doing. The only thing I knew, like I said, I, I resisted doing this. You know, um, I was a very like kind of like serious in a way, even though I was doing funny things on stage. But I took music real seriously and was um, had music that was very complicated, lots of parts, lots of rhythms. So when I started, I really didn't know what to do and didn't think I was appropriate for the role. I quickly found out that that was completely wrong, that I was really well suited for it because I do have a nice rapport with kids. I get along with kids really well and I really enjoy, I always say like the time I get to spend with kids and their families is a privilege. It's so fun and I, I really do love it immensely. I wouldn't do this if I didn't love it. Um, so for me, it was just, I learned every, you always learn if you take it seriously, if you're not just trying to be like a star or something, you you learn something new every single time, and I definitely still do. So I just have way more confidence in myself. I know who I am. I know it works when I go out and play. I'm just trying to not get too complacent inside of that and try new things um, and try to find ways to present songs that I don't normally play or whatever. I don't do anything differently than I did when I started in music. I'm always trying to top myself and not repeat myself. So that's why when I had this idea, I got so excited. I wrote the whole thing in like two weeks because I was so enthusiastic about it and knew what I wanted to accomplish. So the songs just really almost wrote themselves. I, it took a long time for it to be finished because there were so many moving parts to it, so many people involved. But the actual writing did not take long at all. So for me, it's really just that learning experience and then just evolving this from a full band, which I was trying, like like I said, so hard to keep together. I I felt like... I was doing a disservice to my daughter by not bringing a full band. That's how I always make the joke. It's like in the Blues Brothers, if anybody's seen the Blues Brothers, we're from Chicago, right? Where they're like these ne'er-do-well guys. And then all of a sudden they're on a mission from God. Hmm. And it's like, that's how I feel like I'm kind of like 
I'm I'm driven by something else, you know what I mean, to do this stuff. Like it's a calling and it it really is how I feel about all this. Like I take it very seriously. I always feel like I'm sort of like an electric Mr. Rogers or something like that where I'm trying to have intelligence and kindness and and then things that really do kind of blow your mind here and there um uh to keep people uh, uh excited and interested and that you walk away from something that that you've seen me do or or heard and really really be hopefully like moved a little bit or like that was that was really good you know have that feeling from something so i've learned tons and i'm still learning man i'm still learning all the time yeah i think we all are absolutely and that's one of the cool things about music as well is there's always there's always more to advance there's always more to learn there's absolutely. always more to grow in Oh my gosh, let me, let me, I'll tell you one other thing. And this is the thing I suggest too, like the whole idea of parents, like looking for records together, you can kind of concentrate. My name is Ishvan and Ishvan is a Hungarian name. That's, that's where I get my musical side is from my father's side. My aunt, one of my only relatives that I know here in the United States, she took me and she took my family to see the Hungarian folk ensemble. And it was so completely overwhelming to me and moving because it made so much sense why I have my rhythmic sense or my melodic sense. When I saw this music that was performed by these people, these sort of like folk music with these crazy rhythms and um, the the guy playing the timbalum, which is a percussive but melodic instrument and why I like percussion so much. It was so completely like I, I almost was like brought to tears by watching this. So I think there's a lot of music that that we need to seek out for ourselves because we're not going to get it normally. So if you guys have like whatever, we would listen to polka music. My wife is Polish and here in Chicago, it's associated with Polish people, although it really that's not its thing. I'm going to interview Eddie Carosa Jr. because I played with him at Oktoberfest. <laughs> and that's part of my podcast. We're going on field trips so I can show kids and families these different things. But you guys can explore that too. Like if you guys are, are you know, like German or, or uh, you know, Latvian or, you know, um, Filipino or anything, you can kind of go back to, to, to your uh, ethnic music and you may be blown away by how much you like it and maybe how it speaks to you in a deeper way. Hmm. There's so much to find. So while you're finding fun music that maybe is being put out today when you're searching for that stuff or maybe make a playlist like that too, try and try and explore some of those things. I'm still at the infancy of doing that stuff because I'm, I'm building on what you just said of how much there is to learn. We'll never get there. We'll never get to all of what's out there, not even close, but we have to make that effort. You got to try and make it fun. That's the whole thing. If you can make it fun and music, I think is the best way to make anything fun. And, and, and um, if you can't do it with that, you're not going to be able to do it with anything. <laughs> so that's my recommendation to people because my daughter opened up my heart. My daughter opened up my eyes to so many different things. I learned so much from being a dad. It's crazy, you know, and I'm so grateful for it. You know, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly. That's awesome. I hear your sincerity in, in your words and also in your music. And I just want to thank you again and really appreciate you coming on. What, uh, tell, us, uh, tell us what's going on in your life. Where, where can people find your podcast? What's the name of the podcast? Where are you playing in the next couple months? Tell us about it. The easiest way, and thank you for saying that. It makes me so happy to hear you say those things. That's, that's so nice of you. The easiest way, that's a, I'm trying to make it easy. On my show, I have like a big, you know, sort of those trade show banners with like a QR code so people can just grab their phones. I'll kind of bust people. Like if you already have your phone shouldn't but if you do go take a picture of that if you go to my instagram which is i am ishvan you know i am istvan in the bio like everybody does i have my link tree link 
and that has everything in it. It has lots of different ways for you to find my podcast. Please find it. It's called Ichvan's Imaginary Podcast. It's hard to find if you're typing that all by yourself. So I'm trying to make that easy for you. And it has my show dates as the first link. So you can find out all the places that I'm playing. Um, I hope to see you guys out there. I can't wait to come back to Palatine. Or ishvansongs.com, I-S-T-V-A-N-S-O-N-G-S.com is my website. And you can find all that stuff there and other things as well. So please go check that out, you guys. Ishvan and his imaginary band will be at Palatine Park District this summer as part of our Sounds of Summer series. So definitely check that out. And uh, we look forward to having you. And thanks again for talking. Oh, can't wait. Thanks so much, man. This is great. A special thanks to Ishvan for sitting down with us and talking about music and why it is so important to the development of children. Look for all of his concerts around the Chicagoland area, including here in Palatine on June 23rd. Do you need quality, trustworthy, and affordable medical care? Greater Family Health's new location in Palatine is now accepting patients for adult, pediatric, OBGYN, and behavioral health care. Greater Family Health has options for the whole family. Call 844-599-3700 today or visit greaterfamilyhealth.org and start your journey to living greater. We would love to hear from you. If you have any specific questions about Palatine Park District, please reach out to us at ppd at palatineparks.org or give us a call at 847-496-6246 and leave a voicemail. We will try to answer all questions we receive on our next episode. Please subscribe to Palatine Parkcast for the latest information on Palatine Park District. Like and rate us on Apple Podcasts and share with others in the community that would like to stay connected. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon.